everybody know we live. It go switch, shoot my shot, that's it. Finna unload that clip. It go switch, look at the figure of the wrist. I don't even look at the rim. It go switch, I don't even need no pit. Y'all know I don't miss. It go switch, pulling up. Never miss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports Shenanigans. And we are joined presently by Scotty Lerman and hopefully at some point by Colin Houston and Nick Foster. Um, but we are going to go ahead and get started on part one of our Last Dance special. And we uh, have some topics based on the documentary that we want to get to. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of around the horn this with Casey being our Tony Reale as the moderator because Casey has not seen the documentary. So it would be very hard for him to give an opinion on it and be considered credible. Um, <laughs> so he's just going to ask everyone else what they thought and then he'll watch it eventually. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started. We have Scotty here for a short time. So we are going to hit some of these topics. And the, really the first topic would have been the first topic anyway, because um, we, let's see, is Nick Foster connected? Can you hear me? What up? Okay. So we just got started. Um, and so we I haven't talked about anything yet, but we're going to start with um, Jerry Krause, who was really the main topic of episode one. <laughs> um, and so Casey, would you like to rotate it around the panel here? Um, <laughs> you can just ask Scotty. Scotty, what? Okay, so we're going to give me a lot of notes on him. Uh, I know very little about Jerry Krause. I know that he's the GM and he basically formed this team. So tell me, your thoughts on Jerry. Yeah. So thinking about Jerry Krause and everything you have to say about Jerry Krause, you kind of have to do it with um, a little bit of reverence because he's uh, no longer with us. Hey, um, wait a minute. So the documentary didn't, so I don't think we need to. No, that's, <laughs> um, that's a good point. <laughs> but Jerry Krause is pretty much the epitome of like short guy syndrome. Oh, short, uh, short fat guy syndrome. Short fat guy syndrome. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything he did was so conceited and narcissistic that um, he basically just like burned himself into the ground and could have been this amazing hero that brought this awesome Bulls team together in the 90s. Uh, but everyone just hated him. All of the players uh, just made fun of him. Jordan never missed an opportunity to make fun of his height, to make fun of his unathletic ability uh, was really fun. So that was the first piece is he's just the epitome of little man syndrome. And uh, the way that he went about it was he was the hero of the Bulls. Like he was the guy that you should look at when you think of the 90s Bulls in his mind. That's what he was thinking. Um, he could have been – this awesome GM, he could have been this like great, hero, but he just soiled it himself uh, and did absolutely nothing but just ruin his own reputation and then basically ended the Bulls uh, after uh, the 98 season um, with Phil Jackson going to LA, Pippen not getting an offer uh, and Jordan just wanting absolutely nothing to do with it, retire. 
So that would that's kind of Jerry Krause uh, in a nutshell here. Sounds like a great guy. Um, <laughs> got anything to say, Nick? No, I agree with Scotty. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, the little what was it? What do they call that? Little uh, what syndrome? Little guy syndrome? Syndrome. Yeah, um, I think he suffered from a bad, bad case of it. And um, like Scotty said, I did get the best one, but I do think. Uh, I was kind of joking before, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he didn't get a chance to put uh, himself there, I think, or I think a little bit, he was doing what he could as a GM and like trying to improve the team. Cause I could get it like, like, yeah, they're old, but still they've won three in a row. So like, I got to understand it from both sides, but at the same time, you're getting rid of what was three years ago, the greatest team of all time um, in a way. So, um, yeah, I agree with Scott. So, what you're saying is that if you just took out him as himself and just went after went after like what he did, because uh, did he is he the one who drafted Jordan, or did no? Someone... No, okay. he was he was he came in right after that. So he he's the one who drafted. Um, he traded for Pippen. Pippen. He drafted Grant. Traded Charles Oakley um, for Bill Cartwright. Um, okay. So if we looked at just like that, would he be one of like the greatest GMs out there? Um, if we just got rid of his entire like personality and just did based on like the book. Up until he like barely paid Scottie Pippen, like Scottie Pippen was like a outside the top 100 highest paid players. 122nd. <laughs> now wasn't that Scottie took that though, right? But like, you could know. rework a deal, though. Sure, sure, yeah. Like, I got, I remember getting a bunch of crap on Facebook because I was like, after that episode, I was like, oh my gosh, he was so underpaid. And I got a bunch of crap from him saying, well, Sky shouldn't have taken it. And, uh, but the vibe I got from it, he was trying to provide for his, his own and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, he was really underpaid for how good a player he was. For sure. Probably the biggest glaring thing with Jerry was not paying Pippen. And then uh, he just had a very rocky relationship with Phil Jackson. Um, And that was his fault. Like, I mean, that you really can't take out his personality when it comes to that because he really messed Mm -hmm. up. I just had a couple things about Krause. I heard one, I've heard a couple different things. So I heard one quote that I forget who said it, but it was like that he never got as much credit as he deserved and he never would have received enough credit as he thought he deserved. Um, and that was pretty much That's his, his idea of his narcissism. But then I also heard someone say that they knew Jerry Krause and it might have looked bad in the documentary, but if he would have been alive to be a part of the documentary, it would have been worse. <laughs> What? So, so I, so I don't, I really don't know what to think about here. All I can, all I can judge it on is it's insanity to say to your head coach, you can go 82 and O this year and this will be your last season. (laughs) And it is crazy (laughs) that every time they asked him about a championship or anything, (laughs) 
anytime they asked him about championship or anything, he always said or, the organization won this championship. Yeah. Like he never gave credit to anybody else. Yeah. And his portrayal in Space Jam just kind of summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie's like a hundred times better now. Yeah. <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. Like, why does Michael Jordan have this fat friend from Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, it's Jerry Krause. <laughs> oh, it's Jerry Krause. I get it. No, I thought it was the alien from the Monstars. Like oh, that, was it? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was, can kind of see it both ways, though, Scott. Yeah, that's true. It was like a short, <laughs> fat, purple Yeah, creature. I thought it was the alien from the Monstars. <laughs> like, the, you know, whatever the coach or the owner of that planet. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely not a. It was wasn't a pleasant role, a forgiving role. Yeah, I don't think. It, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the other guy. Jeez. All right. So we got Colin Houston in here. Now. Where are your thoughts I'm, on? I'm here. I forgot. <laughs> hey, buddy. How are you, bud? Great. How's Breaking Bad? Uh, I think I've watched like eight episodes today, so <laughs> that's that's some productive thing right there. Proud of you. Well, I'm on episode I think six on three, so I watched. Yeah, that's like eight. So, and you took the you took the time to get away and join us. I did. You're getting like really I was great in the middle. I was in the middle of an episode. <laughs> some stuff was going down. They were stuck in the RV. Oh. Hank was outside the RV. It was getting ready to go down. Guys, I gotta tell you what, the be- the most entertaining part of like this uh, quarantine stuff is having Colin text me as like having him live text me breaking bad updates. It's just it's amazing. It's like rewatching it for the first time. Well what are your thoughts on your crafts, Colin? Got any? Um so Jared Krauss was an interesting character in the series. I think I think it was really summarized well by Scotty Pippen in the last episode where you know Jerry deserves credit for building that team. Yep. Uh, does he deserve ultimate credit? No. Does any you know GM deserve ultimate credit for you know the performance on the field? No, but like they deserve some credit. Um yeah, I mean, that's really all I really thought about was, you know, he deserves some credit. He got a bad rap, I think, from <laughs> the documentary, but some of that he, you know, brought on himself. Yeah. All right. Let's move to, um, what was the next thing? Dream team practice. The dream team practice. Hmm. I know nothing about the dream team practice. So let's just let's just hand it off to Scotty because this was a topic he wanted. So I'm not sure where he's going with it. So it looks like they have most of that footage. So Casey, the dream team in what was it? Ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the dream team in ninety two is likely the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Or it's. it's I've watched that documentary. I know that one. Okay. <laughs> where you want to go with it so they in uh in a practice in monte carlo uh they took one team with magic and one team with jordan um i forget who was on each side but it was pretty evenly split and the rumor is that 
the game that they played against each other was the greatest basketball game ever to be played ever because you have all of these amazing hall of famers and most of them either right on the end of their prime or in their prime playing together. And it looks like they have the footage. All I want is somebody from ESPN cut up the entire get that whole practice, throw a little scoreboard at the bottom. You can make it look like it's old or whatever. Put a scoreboard at the bottom, Magic and MJ, and just keep track and keep tally of it. Leave all of the sound in. ESPN has obviously said, we don't mind if there's swear words on our network. (laughs) Leave everything in and just roll it out. Let us gamble on it. Let us do it. That would be one of the most watched televised events ever if they just showed that entire thing just like a game. Have freaking Marv Albert like narrate or like commentate the whole game uh, and they would just be incredible. That's It's out there. The footage is there. They could do this and it would just be awesome. I mean... I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the most perfect, like, two minutes of my day right there. Does anybody know how to contact ESPN to do that? Like, yeah, they need to get, like, they, I want, like, live mic everything on that game. All the, and I'm betting, I'm betting every penny I have and ever will have on Jordan's team winning. I think Jordan's team actually did win. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know, I already know who wins, so... Yeah. Did you know that team actually lost once? I did. Yeah. In a in a scrimmage to the uh, NCAA, you know, All Stars. Yeah. It was also thrown, but. (laughs) I'd also like footage of that game. (laughs) I don't think there is. They showed it in the uh, the Dream Team documentary a couple years ago. They had Chris Weber, Bobby Hurley, uh, Grant. No, uh, maybe Grant Hill. They had they had some pretty good studs on that team, but they obviously weren't MJ Magic, Carl Malone, you know, etc. And then we wanted to talk about with that. Is it just televised? Yeah, the whole Um, game. Let's hit. Let's just hit Scotty's topics real quick. Perfect. <laughs> well, we could we could send you topics. What the heck? Well, Scotty only had thirty minutes, so I I said, what are some key topics you want to hit while we got you? <laughs> uh, so only gave me thirty. So Jordan in the minor leagues. Okay. Uh, what did he hit? 202? Yeah, I think 202 is what they said. Hitting 202 in the first time you've played baseball since high school is unbelievable. That is such a good batting average for a basketball player. It's a good batting average borderline for a a double-A team. It's not great, but you're not out there not hitting your weight. Uh, 202 
as a basketball player, a length, like a very lanky six, six guy. Uh, I mean, as soon as I started throwing him curveballs, it took him a while to adjust, but, um, that was, uh, that was, I didn't realize that he had hit two Oh two in the minors. I thought that was just a testament to how freakishly athletic Jordan is. Yeah, I agree. I was shocked that it was that high. And then I was like, Oh yeah. For the first time playing since, uh, what for what? 10 years, what, 15 years? Yeah, like 15. That's that's insane. Um, well, and he had, what, a 13-game hit streak? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that in itself is impressive. Yeah. But yeah, the 202, I mean, I played baseball. Granted, I did not play double-A baseball. But, I mean, hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do on this planet. Yep. I mean, there's there's no comparison because, you know, what Scotty said, you know, I, it could be a fastball, it could be a curveball, it could be a slider, it could be a changeup, it could be, I mean, another handful of other pitches too. All of them look the same coming out of the guy's hand. I mean, <laughs> you have the blink of an eye or less than the blink of an eye to, you know, figure out what the heck's coming at you. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, 202 is, is impressive. I mean, it's not, you know, great, but – you know, I don't know what Tebow's hitting right now, but, Not that. you know, it can't be much higher than that. And he's been playing baseball for five years, so. As someone who doesn't follow baseball, none of those numbers make anything to me. I couldn't tell. But um, the the I'd always grown up with being told that the baseball was unsuccessful and kind of that Sports Illustrated article that I guess now Jordan has a ban on Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. since they published that article that said it was an embarrassment. I think that's kind of the narrative that I received. So I'm surprised yep. to be hearing these different things. Yeah, I agreed. That's what I grew up understanding was that it was just awful. He was the worst player in baseball history. And yeah, it was not that, not even close. In this year's spring training, uh, Tebow, so before everything went kaput, uh, he was batting 154. Wow. Not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Oh. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Uh, Jordan as a teammate. Yeah. Um, Tell me all about it. So I think Phil Jackson was like – what he could do as a coach was pretty unrivaled. Like the dudes won what 11 NBA championships. Um, I really think on those bulls teams, those championships, like Jordan was as much of a coach uh, as Phil during that. And when you heard like how much he went after his guys for Mm. just the effort that they put I don't think Phil could get them there, uh, but Michael could. Like, Michael would absolutely – I mean, he would punch people in the face uh, to get them to do anything. So – or they would just get so frustrated with him because he was such a jackass that they were just done. They just couldn't handle him anymore. Um, I think he was probably uh, the, like, highest level motivator um, of any – like, that any coach could do Uh, because you could – you would trust him and you would follow what he said because 
he was larger than life and you just did whatever Michael Jordan told you to do because obviously what he's saying is going to be right. Um, so that was really, really cool to see like a couple different different <laughs> examples of just how insane he was in practice. And he was just a, he was an absolute bully. Um, but I loved seeing all that stuff and I can't imagine what it was like to coach Michael Jordan. Uh, you probably just needed to be as tough with him uh, and expect as much as you possibly could from him and push him as hard as he could. Uh, but that was, I loved watching that. That was, uh, that was pretty cool to see what he was like behind closed doors. I want to, so if Scotty wants the dream team practice, I want um, about 10 weeks worth of Chicago Bulls practices. <laughs> and just Scott Burrell roasting. <laughs> Because, uh, gotta be honest, I felt bad for him, but I was just like, dude, this is funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised by that too. Like, I, you know, my dad always uh, told me, I mean, like, I remember watching Jordan some, but like, not all, but, you know, just the teammate Jordan was. And then I think, I think this really was revealing to just the amount he could push. Um, I think I think I agree with Scotty there. I don't think um, um, you know um, Phil could do that all by on his own. It definitely took a a Jordan, as we can see. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a yin and yang kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. Phil was you know the spiritual slash you know. <laughs> calm-ish one and then Jordan was the the alpha um the thing I thought was cool was I can't remember what episode it was but it was the episode where Michael kind of broke down a little bit seven and it's, yeah seven so like watching that to me it kind of you know signaled that he knew I mean obviously he knew he was the greatest player in the league at that time um but, like, he knew that, and he just wanted the rest of his teammates to reach their, you know, greatest potential because he knew that if they did that, then he had a better opportunity to win a championship. And so, you know, like, yes, was he, you know, did he cross the line? I'm sure he crossed the line every single day in practice. But, you know, I know that I had teammates that crossed the line <clears throat> a lot, but – it was, you know, in an effort to make me better or to make others around them better. And, I mean, I really think that's all it was. You know, people I, I, from, like, on social media and stuff, I saw a lot of people that were pretty positive about it, which I thought was surprising because we live in kind of a um, snowflake world where we can't yell at people and we can't, you know, reprimand people for making stupid mistakes, you know, or, or being, you know, Scotty Burrell. Um, but... You know, that that was that time, and I think that was also, you know, just Jordan making sure that everybody was going to be on par because he knew that's what it was going to take to win a championship. Yeah, I thought the doc – I thought the doc overall was, like, a lot of stuff outside of, like, the baseball thing. It was a lot of stuff that was, like, I already knew about. It just kind of emphasized it. So, like, I already knew that Jordan was, you know, pretty – pretty hardcore practices but it just kind of elevated what that meant um 
But I had a lot of, um, first of all, I wanted to say the end of episode seven could have been the end of the whole series. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, but oh, the, the, I don't know. I looked at it and it was kind of, I get there's different ways to lead. <laughs> but it was just kind of like, that just seems I, I get it. I get like the respect for it and everything. It just seems way too like, like I genuinely felt bad for every single person that they just like singled out to bully. Like it wasn't like, yeah, they wanted to make them better, but it was at times just insanity. How rough I mean, you talk about like Jordan and Pippen versus uh, Ku coach, just because Jerry Krause said he liked him, and that was more trying to get at Jerry Krause than get at Ku coach. But mm-hmm. they treated Ku coach like he was absolute trash, <clears throat> and he was a fine guy, like, and he was a good player. I I don't know. I and but again, I honestly I think this was the part of the documentary that Jordan came out before and said, I'm scared of the documentary coming out because I think it's going to make me look bad. The only thing that made Jordan really look bad in this documentary was that during his interviews, he had like the reddest of eyes, like the whole time. And it looked like he had been dabbling in some other stuff for way too long over the course of his life. (laughs) Well, he was part of that circus, the Chicago... Yeah, the traveling cocaine circus. Oh my gosh, that was... (laughs) This golden. Well, I know. I'm going to head out. Yeah. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Thank yeah, you for you joining us. <laughs> and then there were four. <laughs> now the park can start. And three that saw the documentary. <laughs> you didn't see it? Nope. Having a time. Everything that Casey says is a note that I've given him. Yep. (laughs) Better or something that I just, I know, but. (laughs) Thank goodness Casey can read. (laughs) Good thing I can read. I look up stuff. I look stuff up. I mean, kind of. Well, so we we kind of jumped around there uh, because we wanted to make sure to hit all the Scotty's specific topics that he wanted to hit while we had him. But, um. Sure. If we wanted to go back to episode one, I had a couple things. One was Scottie Pippen, and the other was uh, Jordan at UNC and getting drafted that I wanted to touch on. So let's start with Pippen because that was kind of the big thing that kind of led the news for the next two days. (laughs) Yep. So, I mean, Pippen signed the seven-year – is it eight, a seven-year, $18 million deal? Which, in today's think, language, is insane. It's <laughs> stupid in today's world. But So at what point in this like deal should he have gotten, like, they restructure it? Um, like three or four like, years. Three or four years in, or? Because he, he signed the deal in, what, 91 or 89, something like that? Something like that, yeah. And so, like, yeah, I think it was, like, 91, and then it was, like, 94, 95 is when there's tension started because he wanted to rework the deal. Okay. Because so they had just – after a normal rookie contract is when 
after like a normal contract, he signed this ex- extensively long contract because he wanted security because he came out of poverty. So obviously that deal was ridiculous and they should restructure it. Um, <laughs> so Pippen got hurt um, and then he said, I'm not going to F my summer up. Uh, Which re- was one of the quotes of the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Yes. So is Pippen considered selfish in that moment? Because in my opinion, if he's trying to restructure a deal um, and get more money, um, like if they're not going to do it, then why would you do the surgery in the summer? Just like screw them, make them pay you in order to play. Right. So was he selfish? Was Jordan correct in being calling him selfish? Or um, was Pippen making a statement? Was it a good statement? Yeah, he was being selfish. But guess what? That's okay. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I mean, I lost uh, my headphones. I threw my head back so hard. I don't know why it's a problem for him being selfish. I mean, yeah, he was being selfish, and that's okay. That's what I feel like. But they should have restructured that deal after the three P. Oh, yeah. At least, Agreed. at least, if not the repeat. Um, you know, so, I mean, Jordan calling him selfish, yeah, that's warranted because, I mean, in Jordan's eyes, yeah, he was selfish because, you know, Jordan had signed a pretty cruddy contract, too, until, you know, the last two years of that second three-peat, and so he played on a crappy contract. But in Pippen's defense, Jordan was making Hello. a bunch of money. In Jordan was making 30-plus million a year when he told Pippen he was being selfish for making yeah. two. I, I, I agree. I mean, so that was kind Hello. of crappy for him to say. Hello. Um, Hello. Hello. Hi, Ella. Hello. They can hear you. Uh, yeah, so Jordan Jordan was not, you know, the best teammate there and calling him <clears throat> selfish. But, yeah, I mean, Scotty was being selfish, as he should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this time, at, at this time, you can restructure deals. Like, I get it that Reinsdorf had like this thing. They talked about Reinsdorf had this thing where he said, once you sign the contract, I don't want to see you till it's up. But exceptions can be made when your player is the second or third best player in the league and he's getting paid as the 122nd best player in the league. I mean – So, so uh, I'm an avid uh, undisputed and first take watcher. Um, oh my goodness! This uh, <laughs> this, uh, this uh, behavior was created in college. Um, so, because I was interested to hear kind of what Skip and Stephen A had to say on it, and like the real, like the real villain, if there is going to be a villain here, I don't think is um, Kraus. It's Reinsdorf. A hundred percent agree. I don't, I, I don't think he's gotten near enough hate as he should have gotten. That is the, one of the best things I've ever heard come out of Skip Bayless's mouth. Cause like I was watching. That might be episode. the only good thing I've heard come out of Skip Bayless's mouth. <laughs> That's another time. Uh, but uh, I was, um, I was like, 
yeah, that's kind of because I was watching episodes one and two, and I'm just like, now wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Why are we? I get oh, Cross has all the like you could come up with a hundred th- reasons why to go after Cross, but I'm just like, man, the stuff that Reinsdorf pulled too makes him even more the villain and probably the villain in this case. Well, I mean, you look at Reinsdorf, they go to him to talk about like, why didn't you want to bring the team back for the 99 season or whatever? And he talks about, well, we would have had to pay Kerr and we would have had to, and we didn't want to pay all that market value. How cheap are you going to be? You've just won three straight titles. You don't want to bring that back. I don't understand because you don't want to pay an extra 20 million or whatever as a billionaire. Well, Kerr wasn't going to make that much money and neither was Rodman. I mean, all together. Yeah. But yeah. But no, I mean, he's just essentially, he just said, I didn't want to pay for the team after. Sure. He, he was fine with the team as long as they were at a certain price. Mm-hmm. Well, did you guys see Jordan's face when. Um, did you guys see Jordan's face when they showed the Reinsdorf interview about why they didn't bring the team back? Yeah. You tell. <laughs> Casey did not. <laughs> um, so it was kind of, they would let him watch it on an iPad and Jordan's face was kind of like, you know, that there was a, there was a four letter word that was written across his forehead and it was blank off. <laughs> yeah, I think Jordan was definitely kind of. I, he heard that excuse and he was like, "Trops, stop trying to defend yourself in this situation." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about. I mean, the the big thing about Scotty Pippen was just the contract. Well, and and that it has come out since. Uh, this has ended that Pippin is pretty pissed about how he got portrayed in the documentary as a whole, which I can understand. Sure. <laughs> um, do you have a list of things you're going through or can I suggest something? Go ahead. <clears throat> My, like, the stories in this thing were amazing. Like, we could go, I'm sure you have stuff about Robin on your list of things oh, to talk about. So yes. I will, go ahead, six I, will not, stuff. I will wait <laughs> on that because, oh my gosh, just, <laughs> I loved every second of it. Like, as, like, you know what you're getting with Rodman as soon as he shows up on an ESPN documentary. I mean, like the one about him and then like the Bad Boy Pistons. But um, my favorite story, I think, that didn't involve Rodman was the um, story about the game where Jordan scored 63 on the Celtics, right? And uh, how he's playing golf with Danny Ainge the night before and uh, he's like uh, I, I just chuckled at this because I thought this was like yeah this is, that's that's Michael Jordan night for you um, where he was just like hey your boy DJ is gonna um, gonna get his or something tomorrow or whatever it was and he put up 63 the next day 
Yeah, just all, the number of times that Jordan said something to someone about a game the next day and then went out and just destroyed <laughs> yep. was insane. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag things LeBron doesn't do. <sighs> we're, Are we getting into that, by the way? I, I'm going to – I am trying to hold off on it as much as I possibly can. <laughs> Because I do, I do have something to say about that, and I think you guys are going to be shocked by it. Oh, boy. Well, I, I'm sorry. I can't wait anymore now that we're here. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, it's probably something we should wait until the end for. Okay. Okay. We will, we will keep the audience waiting. Um, There's a question I have written down, so I mean. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. You came prepared. That's cool. Well, yeah, I did. I, I host this podcast, too. Hey, he he read my notes. <laughs> I read notes that I wrote down questions that I have. <laughs> oh, brother. No, Collins, my brother, not you. <laughs> oh, brother. So what's what's your question, Casey? You mean are you, any of my questions? Well, I mean, you said I, you had a question. <laughs> I wrote down questions. I have questions about the LeBron stuff. Oh, okay. So we'll, we're saving. I do that. have other questions and stuff we can talk about. I mean, okay. I just, I just wanted want to, to talk about Jordan from UNC. So I just wanted the only thing I wanted to talk about was that I think maybe the quote of the whole series was Roy Williams. How saying, many times you say that, Bo? Oh my gosh, it was so freaking good. But he's he says he was the only person I saw that could turn it on and off, and he never freaking turned it off. Roy yeah. Williams is a winner of this documentary. He came off looking fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, after the year he had. Yeah. <laughs> and then another person who looks really good is Bob Knight, who coached Team USA before Jordan ever <laughs> played an NBA game and said that Jordan was the greatest basketball player he'd ever seen. I mean, it's arguable. Robert Montgomery. Night. <laughs> Montgomery's his own name. Wow. I liked the footage of Jordan riding a bike at UNC. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. It shows like, the, uh, like us. Except, yeah, like the story where he yeah, writes his mom because he needs money. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were no recruiting violations done on the part of Michael Jordan. <laughs> None no NCAA, uh, you know, inquiries. Um, yeah, that the stuff about him being in North Carolina, that interview with Roy was really cool. Like the he never freaking turned it off. I'm surprised he kept that from being a curse word. <laughs> like, Honestly, totally like did someone not tell him he could <laughs> it's for maybe he would this was part of his recruiting <laughs> and his team kind of sucked this year yeah <laughs> uh, they're gonna continue to suck but yeah now we get to dennis dennis. nick is very excited <laughs> uh, so in the 97-98 season 
Rodman was playing second fiddle because Pippen was sitting out because he was hurt um, and being selfish in a way. Um, I think at selfish the beginning, is just such a negative term. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the season, when I mean, he apparently got, did he get ejected or did he just leave the game? He got ejected. Like okay, so he got ejected seconds into the game. Oh. <laughs> Like real quick. That's impressive, I have to say. I think he threw the ball at the shot clock. <laughs> that might do it. And then do 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 do. It was they started to question his like motor at that point, and then I think he had to blow off steam. Then he went to Vegas, had some fun. I don't know all that happened there with Carmelo. Oh, we'll get into that. Bo, just get into your thoughts on Dennis Rodman playing second fiddle uh, before pandemic. Dennis Rodman is freaking insane. And the fact – here's – like, this is like at the top of Phil Jackson's resume of why he's the greatest coach of all time, is that he had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen – Dennis Rodman, among others, and managed them all together that they won six championships. Well, not Rodman, but you know what I mean. The, I mean, Jordan came out with the quote, Rodman was being a model citizen so much it was driving him bleeping insane. Then it, Dennis Rodman goes to Phil Jackson and says, in the middle of the season, and says, I need to go to Vegas to blow off steam. I just, I need to go to Vegas. Can you, like, Never in today's world would that ever happen. Anyway, the more shocking thing is Phil Jackson says, sure, go ahead. I'll give you 48 hours. So he goes <laughs> with g- girlfriend Carmen Electra, who, by the way, still looks great, and who he goes for 48 hours, and then he doesn't come back after 48 hours. It ends up – I forget what the time ended up being, but it was way longer than that. and. Jordan, uh, Jordan yep. goes to Vegas, pulls him out of bed, wouldn't mention everything and everyone in the room when he got there, took him back while Carmen Electra hides behind a couch. Now, my question is, why was that Jordan's job? <laughs> so he didn't actually go to Vegas. He went across the street. That's so that's some clarification on that because I watched a thing the next day where they explain because in the documentary it makes it sound like he went to Vegas, which is like absolutely why is that Jordan's job? Yeah, but they were at practice, Dennis wasn't there, his apartment was across the street, and so then Jordan walked across the street and then pulled him out of bed at the apartment. But mm. an elector was well, we can we can you know make our you know assumptions of what was in the room and who was in the room (laughs) Dennis Rodman but um yeah so he went across the street but still yeah I don't think that's Jordan's job no no (laughs) whose job would it be curiosity just who should have gone okay (laughs) you imagine Jerry Krause walking into that room (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness uh, but yeah, this, this to, to, oh, for the coach. Well, and then 
like Rodman doesn't show back up and they're asking Phil like where's Rodman he's like he's not here I mean he just like doesn't even like he's not here like we don't know where he is he's not here and the like not trying to cover it up at all just like I just oh I don't know just in the last five years who is the player most likely to do something like that asked to go to Vegas or not yeah, sure? I mean, there's nobody that's going to be even in the same atmosphere as what Rodman did no. as far as the Vegas and all that. But, like, who's who's the player that maybe might attempt to do something stupid like that? Is it JR? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. I can see it. I, I don't know why – but Ron Artest popped into my mind. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, it's really hard because, like you said, no one is even going to be near the level of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> so, like, to even think of someone who would be close is tough. <laughs> Jimmy Butler? No. no, Jimmy wouldn't do it. It'd, it'd be like – it would be Wiggins or Cat before it'd be Butler. Ben Simmons. That's my final answer. <laughs> but but actually, I think I, I don't think anybody. I mean, I don't think anybody would do that. But Ben Simmons, I think, would be the closest. Right. Just insanity. So what else, what else we got, Casey? So we got some the bad boys talk and the Jordan rules, which I do know about this because of watching the bad boys. Um, so the Jordan rule basically is as soon as he gets on the paint, hit him, put him down, don't let him score. Um, Chuck Daly said this is the Jordan rule. Every time he goes to the – effing basket, put him on the ground. When he goes to the basket, he ain't going to dunk. We're going to hit you, and you're going to be on the ground. Uh, we're going to try to physically hurt Michael. Uh, so, basically, we're going to take him out and make sure he never played again. Um, so, tell me what your thoughts on are in the Jordan rule. Was that a smart – I mean, you're in the league playing Jordan. Is that a, a good plan? Was it great or no? I mean, it worked for two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Pistons, I think, couldn't guard him, like, at with their athleticism. They they couldn't. And so, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> In a league that allowed that type of play. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nobody that could guard him. I mean, athletically. But, I mean, people always say that you know his weightlifting and stuff was the reason that they broke through and all that. I'm, I mean, sure, but I don't think that's the, you know, only reason. I think the reason is is because, you know, people like Isaiah and Joe Dumars and. It's so hard to win 
championship after championship after championship and have long season after long season after long season. They won back to back. They had to play the Lakers and they had to play, I mean, they had to beat the Celtics, the Bulls. I mean, at that time, the Eastern Conference was real tough. I mean, the whole league was real tough, I think. But, I mean, I just think that they got older, they got tired, and, you know, Jordan got a little physically stronger, and and that's what happened. I don't think it was solely, oh, yeah, they lifted weights all summer. Yeah. I'm sure they did that to begin with. Every summer. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like Michael Jordan went from six six, you know, two oh five to six six, you know, two fifty five. I mean, he gained fifteen 15. twenty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Helpful, yes, but yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is helpful. Not you know, not going to make a break. I don't think it's the difference in them winning a championship. I think this is where I start. This will be the first point where let me preface this by saying (laughs) that I think a large part of this documentary, it was done by Jordan's people and Jordan has the final word on everything and Jordan signed off on everything. So a lot of this is going to be like Jordan's narrative, but right here, at, at this point with the Pistons, this is where I'm going to start poking holes in the story because I think it's been played up higher than what actually was. First of all, we start right before the Pistons when you have the iconic shot in 89 over the Cavs and the idiot coach has this guy, Craig Elo, on him and Jordan says he knows that Ron Harper was guarding him better and Ron Harper knows that he was guarding him better and it says, quote, F this bolt S when the <laughs> when the coach says, I'm going to keep Greg Elo on Michael Jordan, and then he hits the shot, and the rest is history. And when we come to the Pistons, I don't want this to be misinterpreted. Yes, like the Jordan rules, yes, like it was rough, but the idea that every team was this way when Jordan played – it was mainly just the Pistons. And it's not like we didn't call anything unless you got murdered. There are countless times in the documentary where it's like, yeah, that looks like a regular foul that would get called today. So I just want to clarify <laughs> for the listening audience that I know we've all been told that it was a tougher era. And in some senses, yes, but it's not like every team was the Pistons and that every play they were killing you. It's like some plays in games, the Pistons were rougher and some other teams had some plays where they were rougher, but most of the time it was pretty standard. <laughs> no comment. Yep. I got no comment for you. Yep. You, you can, uh, you can stay alone on that ship if you want. I think you're you have very few people on that ship, Bo. It is happy sailing, I'll tell you that. Well, that's good. Well, we're gonna. You make to, I hope you make it to land, Bo. <laughs> so we'll skip ahead a little bit to uh, the dream team, um, and how. Wait, wait, what? 
We gotta hit Isaiah Thomas. We can't well, leave without that's Isaiah. Part Thomas. Of, that's part okay. of where I'm going. I'm, okay. That's that's basically what the dream team topic is about. We already know about the dream team. Um, so the dream team, Isaiah was intentionally left off the team. Question mark. Question mark. Um, everyone denies uh, being asked uh, they would play if Isaiah was on the team. Um, and since then, in 2011, a video or recording surfaced of Jordan saying he wouldn't have played if Isaiah wasn't on it. Um, so this is something that I actually do have a very big opinion on. I don't think Isaiah Thomas was making that team anyway. Because if you look at that team, who are you taking off? Other than Christian Leitner, who is there? <laughs> He's the top college player. Larry Bird. Yep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Larry's Back up. In his Back up. The I want to clarify this real quick because Casey said, You're "Who are you taking off?" Casey said, "Who are you taking off the team?" And the first thing I heard was Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Larry. Wait, we're sticking with this? <laughs> oh yeah. I understand why he's saying well, it. I mean, but... wa- yep. watching the Dream Team documentary and knowing what I know about Larry Bird at that time, the man had no back. And I but he was Larry effing bird. I, I understand that. <laughs> but I thought this was a family program. Let, let, me, I let, let me look up the roster and I'll tell you who else I would take off. Because I'm not taking John Stockton off because he... I think, I think the main point here is that you're not taking Stockton or Magic off and Isaiah plays point guard. Okay. I think I, really I like... You can only have so many point guards on your team. I mean, and but if your team has all the point guards, the other teams don't have point guards. So, well, it doesn't matter. At this all the teams had point guards, just not very Chris, good ones. Chris they're from Mullen. Other countries. I would leave Chris Mullen off the team. I think Isaiah is very underrated because he was the only player on that Pistons team that had star ability, and they won back-to-back championships playing the Lakers and the Celtics and the Bulls. I mean, it's not like we're going to scrap the whole lineup because he's not on there, but, I mean, I think he's better. He's better than a couple of people that were on that team. I would agree. Honestly, I mean – you could have put me on that team and they'd still want a gold medal. That is true. And they could have put all four of us on the team and they still would have well, won. Well, no, they still would have. Yeah. They would have won. We wouldn't have seen the court, but they – We would have played as much as Larry Bird did. Oh, we would have seen a great view of the court, let me tell you. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, so I think it's – Oh, sorry. I just – I think the big thing – I think Jordan gets singled out here for Isaiah not being on the team, which it is true. I think while you can deny it all you want in the interviews, the it is true that Jordan basically said that I'm not playing if Isaiah is there. I, but at that point, no one else, including the coach who was the coach of the Pistons, was having the rallying cry of, no, we need to have Isaiah because Isaiah was generally disliked by everybody at that point, including Magic and Larry and other players that he'd had run-ins with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest thing, because right, this happened right before uh, Dream Team was selected, was 
the entire Pistons team was not shaking hands. Um, the goal <laughs> that they lost. Um, is this the like? It's obviously a contributing factor, but is this the main reason that he did not make that team, or is it because of what he's done in the past, or just because Jordan didn't like him? All the above. Okay. Wait. Repeat that. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> uh, I just was asking. Um, so he didn't shake t- the entire Pistons team. Didn't shake hands with the Bulls as they lost. Um, Oh. Isaiah Thomas did the like little duck or whatever as he passed. I don't know if he was passing Jordan or if he, who he's passing. Um, is that the reason, the biggest reason that he's not on the dream team? Or is it because, you know, overall, as the entire league did not like him or did this right here cement everything of you're not getting on the team because you were <clears throat> not a um, – You're not going to convince me he's you not an a-hole. That is exact quote. Yeah. So <laughs> – uh, go back if you've watched the Bad Boy Pistons documentary. Like, there was a point where Isaiah was pretty beloved, like just his story and and stuff like that. And then um, even with Magic, his relationship with him. Um, and then I forget what happened. Was it in the finals or something where yeah something that like relationship that. really took a a a nosedive? And I think. Because I, I'm trying to remember from the last dance because it sounds like he just wouldn't have been a good fit. Like he would yeah, not. I think that's the general And I think that we need to think about that too um, because he did not get along with Magic anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, the Bulls hated him and you had yeah. two of them, but yeah. the future three of them. And so I think talent wise, yeah, he should have been on. Basketball-wise, he should have been on the team. But uh, chemistry-wise. Chemistry-wise, definitely not. I agree. I think the handshake thing is way overblown. I don't get why we're so hurt over not shaking hands. Well, like, I, I get sportsmanship. I you're talking – I think it's because of the – kind of like the – you know what Jordan was talking about with like how – it's been passed down, right? Where like the, um, with like the Celtics and like the great teams, and they would just like kind of meet in the middle. It'd be like sure. a pass, uh, passing of the torch, basically. And uh, you know, the Celtics they kind of walked off. They showed footage of that in the last dance where um, everybody walked off, but you saw McHale talking to Isaiah. Um, I won't put much like stock into it, but it just there wasn't that. There wasn't like a Yep, this is it. Bull Pistons are done, and now it's the it's the Bulls' turn. And like you probably felt it. Like my dad remembers watching that game, and he felt that. Like that's that's it for the Bad Boy Pistons. Like age and um stuff like that. So I think it was just the fact that it was kind of classless. But to great- still be as mad as Jordan is There's thirty years later. <laughs> it's probably because of how they how they played them. I don't know. It just, what, well, and they, what other, what other all time great was abused like that on the court? Like targeted like that. I mean, sure. I just, I, I just think 
Like, if a team didn't shake hands after they lost, I don't see – like, maybe for a day it's a story. <laughs> but to be 30 years later and you're still like, these people are terrible people. Because I don't think it was just because of that, hands. though. Because they even – they talked about the the kind of bullied – the bully attitude the Pistons – Play especially against the Bulls. I definitely think that played a large part into the, um, just the overall hatred towards that team. So I don't think it's just because of one moment. I think that one that is hyped up quite a bit because that was the apex of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. But I don't think it's just because of one moment. I think it's a it's a couple things. So, I don't know this, and you guys may or may not. Did the coach shake hands after that game? Like, <laughs> he made – I mean, he's the coach of the dream team. And he I was thinking about that. Like, how was that relationship? Or did <laughs> he walk off? Like, or did Phil Jackson just not care? He'd won. <laughs> True. <laughs> i just curious. Did, you, did anybody know if he shook hands? And if he shook hands, is that how he got the job? Because he was nice. Connections. <laughs> how make connections? I don't know. Now we're going to talk <laughs> about being about nice, that. getting a job. Like, that wouldn't work. It goes both ways, Jordan. <laughs> it, so I did think about that um, while I was watching. I was just like, wait a minute. Like, I had one of those O-dub moments. I was like, wait a minute. Chuck Daly coached the, the Pistons. Like, what? Um, man, it, uh, yeah, I had that thought too, Casey. Um, I mean, it looked like that relationship was good. I think it was out of respect yeah. for who Chuck Daly was, but it maybe it was just the players he hated, but, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I wish we knew more about that. I'm glad I wasn't alone in that thought. Nope. Nope. <laughs> if I had that same, because it's like, okay, you, so you're not going to take Isaiah, but you'll take the guy who kind of helped create the way to kick your butt. Nope. Like, I don't know. Anyway. Nice. How's that boat, Bo? It's, it's uh, fine seas. Sinker. No rough seas. What you got next? That's what I'm waiting on. Casey, what do we got? Uh, Jordan politics, uh, Republicans by sneakers too. Not sure where Bo's going with this, but Republicans I, by sneakers too. I put this on here because it was like a 25-minute segment on the documentary because yeah. it was like a highly controversial thing for Jordan to not be involved in politics when athletes like Muhammad Ali had been very involved. So sure. that's why it's on here. I think that's smart of him to stay out of it. I I actually completely agree with Casey. Like I I appreciate but I can appreciate athletes oh my gosh, sorry, athletes using their platform, you know to better talk about, you know, social things that are happening, like you know, in politics or just um in the world. Like I can definitely appreciate that. But I can also appreciate someone like Jordan staying out of it. 
and to be able to stay at it as long as he could. I don't know. There's just, I have this weird um, <clears throat> respect for it because I think he could have done a lot of good with that platform he had for sure. But I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put in the words what I feel about it, but I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I appreciate athletes like, you know, LeBron, who's so vocal. I can appreciate like, you know, athletes like LeBron, Ali, and really just feels like every athlete right now has something to say about it. Like, I wish I was that vocal about something. I really do, but I'm an introvert. But like for him to just say, hey, you know what? I'm just here to play basketball and win championships, right? Can definitely respect that. I really don't have much else to say after that. So, our next topic is Charles Barkley, mm. uh, as Bo wrote next, right after it. Uh, MVP. He believed he was the best player in the league until he played Michael in the playoffs. I, I'd believe that. No, that's what I found that super interesting. That Charles Barkley. When he played Michael in the finals, he said, at that point is when I thought. It was the first time he thought there was somebody better. Yeah, hmm. which I which I found incredibly interesting since, you know, Jordan had come off like the last two championships at that point. So I, I feel like it was pretty well known that Jordan was the best player in the world by the general public at that point. And I get, you know, it might've been like an athlete thing where, you know, you believe in yourself yeah. to be the best, but I just found that to be interesting. Did they not play each other throughout the season? And he well, realized well, they, they, they do, but that, um, just back to back time. They, they played in like the playoffs and the finals. Yeah. And Jordan I mean, had one the thing time. I appreciated was that they showed how good, Barkley really was. Yep. Yeah. Because right now we see him as an analyst and, you know, kind of goofy and, and says some things and rubs people the wrong way and gets in fights with Draymond Green about you know, <laughs> how Draymond sucks and how, you know, well, Draymond does suck compared to Charles Barkley. Draymond sucks. Let's just. <laughs> okay. Okay. I not... We know I you're a Michigan State fan, but. No, no excuse. like, you know what? This is not the time and place for this. So I will not. <laughs> I don't want to be up for another three hours, like telling you why um, Draymond's actually good at basketball. <laughs> I'm not but, saying he's not good at basketball. I'm saying you he's said he's compared to Charles Barkley, who won an <laughs> MVP award. And they're two different players. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> oh my but word! His, no, Nick, Nick stop. That. All right. Well, the next topic is image <laughs> starts to take a hit. Completely <laughs> taking my words out of like, yeah. Don't worry about it. This is like, we've got to touch shoes though, because what? the shoes. Oh, the sauces oh, in the man. shoes. The okay. This quote right here. <laughs> That Nike's expectation when we signed the deal was that at the end of year four, we had hoped to sell $3 million worth of Air Jordans. And year one, we sold $126 million. 
Yeah, a lot of shoes. That's some Walter White stuff. That's a lot of shoes. <laughs> and I found it interesting that Jordan didn't even want to take a meeting with Nike. The only reason he did was because his mom asked him to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I enjoyed watching, watching all the shoes. Like the, the ones that Scotty Pippen wears when he holds up the the sole mm-hmm. and it has the Jordan. That those are sweet shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the Jordan, I think it's elevens, the ones that are like they're either white or black, and then you've got like a white toe or where did you the Jordan elevens are the best shoe ever invented. <laughs> you know, they're the one color and then the toe and the heel are an opposite color. Like those I had a pair of those. And they were the greatest things I'd ever seen. And when I saw them in the documentary, I said things to myself, said very degrading things to myself for getting rid of those shoes. <laughs> I just want to take the moment and say, I did not have Jordan shoes, and my brother did, so I'm a little upset about this now. <laughs> I got them I got them from a, well, I got them in a roundabout way. Let's just put it that way. Okay. China. Now that sounds like some Walter White stuff. Was <laughs> <laughs> not anything that would lead me into, you know, a, a cell? But it was just, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> this sounds like some Walter White stuff. <laughs> Look at that story when we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what that was. Michael Jordan then becomes the most marketable athlete ever, and like will never be matched as far as his brand <laughs> all right so now we're going to jordan's image church taking a hit um sam smith released the jordan rules um allegations of gambling problems come up as he takes a trip to atlantic city the night before game two of the 93 eastern conference finals um he gives an interview with sunglasses on uh that doesn't give a good look um he's like i don't have a gambling problem because i can quit gambling uh, I have a competition po- problem. Uh, he's under constant and intense media scrutiny and wears down mentally. And this sets up the stage for his first and shocking retirement. So what hurt his image the most at this time? Let's, let's start off with uh, real quick. Uh, Jordan Light, he has a gambling problem. Like, Absolutely. He doesn't have a gambling problem. He's a gambler. If it was a problem, then he would have to do things like selling his house and filing for bankruptcy <laughs> and all of that. He doesn't have a problem. He just gambles a lot. The 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 competitiveness. Like, I, definitely I can see the competition problem. Honestly, I think Jordan could have been tested and been classified under a mental illness for oh. his competitive problems. I would, I yeah. Would, I'm awesome. not going to disagree with that. I'd allow it. <laughs> it is I'm sure the whole 1990s NBA would allow it, too. I think one of the high points of the documentary was watching the blonde mullet security guard that Jordan kept betting to see who could throw a quarter closer to a wall. Yeah, that was great. 
Oh my and word. And he gave him odds. Yeah. I don't th- <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Wow. He doesn't he doesn't have a gambling problem in the sense that he's like in debt or anything because he has a bunch of money, but he definitely has a gambling problem. Just imagine how much money he would have if he never gambled anything. <laughs> or how did he win most of the time? Well, that's uh, true. He doesn't. He doesn't stop until he does win. That's true. See, that's that's called a problem. <laughs> no, a problem. No, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> um, and so, Gordon retires for the first time. Um. Did this retirement make Jordan better? Um, it gave him time away from baseball. Yes, he went and played uh, – not baseball. Time away from basketball. Um, he went and played baseball, which is still a sport and it's very intense. But the media is looking at him completely different. It's kind of less because he's not on top of the world as basketball. Um, so he was able to refocus and do that. So the, that retirement, which I don't know how long it was, did it make him better or – did he just miss out on a couple years of his career where he could have kept winning? Neither. Well, like they talked about how that like, just ruined his uh, body a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, they talked about how he had been training and now he had a baseball body instead of a basketball body. I think – what was the most impressive, like not just like batting whatever it was he batted, like two oh what was it, two oh two? Yeah. I think I think it was the fact that he kind of reinvented himself as a basketball player instead of a slasher that we knew him to be the first what ten years. Mm-hmm. He became someone that relied Kind of the one, kind of Jordan I remember was as a jump shooter, back to basket, stuff like that. And I think that was really, really cool that they um, highlight that because I, I assume that's what the reason was, but like watching it unfold like it did in the documentary was really, really cool. Um, and it just goes to show like how sometimes we do have to reinvent ourselves to stay great at whatever that craft is or whatever we're whether it's like like even esports or um whatever we're whatever we're doing sometimes we have to do that um i think that documentary did a good job of um highlighting it so i don't know if it made him better because really a lot i mean he was so athletic don't get me wrong but i think uh he played the game a little differently after that um, well, I mean, like in the clubhouse of the baseball, you know, stadiums, he, they were watching NBA games. Yeah. He's watching tape. He's picking up things. Now, whether he knew he was coming back or not, I mean, that's a different story. But, I mean, he they're not winning a fourth championship in 94. No. They're just not. They might win the 95 one, but they're not winning 94 because of all the things that happened in 93 – the media scrutiny. The team and the Rockets were too good. Well, yeah, and, and the fact that like the like the Pistons, I mean, going to multiple championships in a row, you know, winning multiple championships in a row is just 
taxing. I mean, yep. you know, so it's it's completely different, or not different, but I mean, they're not going to win that '94 championship. I think it I, helped they might in, go to the championship, but they're not going to win it. Okay. They, it helped enhance the Jordan mythology because apparently six for six is better than six for nine. Um, and so the – Your boy is three for nine, isn't he? Three for nine. Three for six. Thank you very much. Three but, and six. Three and six. Three, four, nine. Three and six. <laughs> One third. 33%. <laughs> That's not even close to passing. But anyway. I mean, it's pretty good in the MLB. Yeah. Any, anyway. Yeah, it's better than 202. Um, <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> – the um no, but, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but i'm saying if he goes you know if he goes in 94 and i suppose if he would have lost in the first round that probably wouldn't have counted against him because it didn't in before but if he you know makes the finals and then there's he's not perfect in the finals that creates a dent in the mythology that is michael jordan i'd still take same thing same thing with the 99 season. He wants to run it back after that 3P and the team broke it up. He should be thanking Jerry Krause for separating them. Well, and and then I read an article after after the last episode, and he would have been injured because he cut his finger. He basically almost cut yeah. his finger off with a cigar cutter. So, you know, you've got that whole thing. So he's, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they're not winning the fourth one. In 94, they're not winning the fourth one in 99 because also it was a shortened season anyway because of the strike. Mm-hmm. Like it's – I mean – And I'm also convinced that Jordan wouldn't have been able to handle today's media with social media and debate shows and because none of that stuff was around back then and he was worn down after three years of winning as, as is. Jim Rome was around. He was in Space Jam. <laughs> baseball bat get this guy a tennis racket <laughs> there it is <laughs> well, what, what else we got Casey uh, so we are going to episode 7 and 8-ish uh, I'm not really sure where because I was studying to watch it Jordan um, and his father. Uh, his father was tragically murdered in the summer of '93. Um, I swear, if this is a question about if this was because of his gambling, I will turn off this phone call. I don't know where this question is going because I didn't write it. Um, I uh, let me. It's not. They. It's not a question. They just talked about how the media made that a story, and it was unfortunate. Yeah. According to Jordan. Sure. Probably. But, yeah, they just spent a lot of time on that, so that's why it's in here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what? I think we're good. Okay, I thought Nick said something. Uh, <laughs> apparently, there's conspiracy theory. Um that David Stern was going to suspend Jordan for 18 months because of his gambling issues. And I'm assuming that's that's why he retired. Why he retired. Do you believe in this conspiracy theory, guys? No. 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 Okay. 
Because <laughs> what David Stern said, you know, yep. why am I going to put my cash cow on the sideline <laughs> for 18 months and damage my product and my bank account by suspending them? It doesn't make any sense. Nope. All right. Next, debunking theories. Um, Pippen has an MVP caliber season in the 93-94 season. <clears throat> um, and then apparently he is – uh, he sits out the final two seconds in a game uh, where Jackson puts in Kubiak, Kubak, Kubak, who coach, who coach, whatever. Puts him in instead of Pippen. Um, tell me all about it. This is one of the reasons I think Scotty Pippen's pissed is because I don't know how many hours of interviews Scotty Pippen did for this. But there, there was rarely a moment where Scottie Pippen came off looking good. And I think that was largely Jordan's doing. First of all, why is this included in the documentary? I'm not entirely sure why that this moment was even brought up because it really didn't have any effect on the overall storyline of the rest of the documentary. But I think the interesting... Well, it, it had to do with, with the animosity... It had to do between the or you know the the rift between Scotty and the Bulls. I mean that's why I think they kind of included it. But I mean I get what you're saying. It didn't. It wasn't a major point. Yeah, it was just kind of thrown in there, and it made him look really bad. Yeah. Now he he did make himself look really bad by doubling down on it and saying that he didn't regret doing it, which I think he could have not done. Um, <laughs> but I just there's there's. Up until, like, I don't know, the last episode, that was, like, the first time where they really featured Scottie Pippen and it looked really good because he played through an injury. And and even then, it was, like, not for his play. It was just that he was out there trying to play while mm. dealing with an injury. Yeah, and when they were going through that, even then I was like, okay, come on, Scottie, like, Get out of the locker room. I know. Like, I mean, even then, it's almost a bad look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's how I felt. I was so conflicted when that happened because it was like, okay, Jordan Jordan went through the flu game, like that mystique and all that stuff. And then it's like, you know, what was it? Was it a migraine or was it back? It was the back, wasn't it? It was back. And it's like – Oh, well, yeah, and they included the migraine like, too. They included that he sat out for a migraine, which – I mean, probably is a legit thing, but it also doesn't look great. Right. I mean, and the whole both of those times, I'm like, "Come on, Scotty! Like, get off, get off the bench, get in the game." And like, <laughs> I mean, that's not. I mean, that's not fair to him because it's like, a. I mean, migraines suck, and I'm sure yeah. it was awful. I mean, he said he couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and same thing with the back. It's like, okay, so how bad was his back injury? Did he? I mean, if you have a back injury, you mean you can't you can't walk. So, I just think the documentary opened it up to this speculation when it might have just been a legit thing that he couldn't do, and it made him look not great. Right. Yep. And it didn't need like it was just all like, well, Scotty didn't play here. Scotty was being selfish because he took surgery. <clears throat> Scotty you know, yeah. sat out in this moment and just a lot of stuff where they didn't really feature Scotty too much in a positive light. 
So I'd like to do that now and say that the year Jordan left, Pippen played an MVP caliber season. He might have been the second best player in the league to Jordan. And the Bulls went from 57 wins to 55. LeBron could never. What? (laughs) The Bulls, I'm saying the Bulls won 55 games without Jordan after winning 57 with him. So... Yeah, but I mean, they had, I mean, that team was so deep. It, exactly, was, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I see where you're going with this. <laughs> you're you're going to use this later on. In your tape. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> but, you know, yes, Scottie Pippen, 55, so they had Scottie Pippen, they had, did they have... Rodman at that point or no? No. They had um, Horace Grant, who was might a have stud. Been last year, yeah. He was a stud. They had who was also not happy with the documentary, by the way. They had Bill Cartwright. They had the bald white guy. Paxson. No, the other bald white guy. Bill. I don't. I don't remember. And I mean that team was pretty good. They had Ku Coach too. So Ku Coach Yeah. I mean he was a good number. I think Kerr was there at that point. Yeah, I think he was. Anyway, moving on, Casey. All right, moving on. Uh spring ninety five, Jordan announces I'm back. Uh, the team That's literally the- all he said in the press release was, I'm back. Nothing more needed. Uh, the team hey. loses in Orlando in the second round. Um, Wait, hey, credit to ESPN. I thought they burned those tapes. <laughs> uh, then Jordan apparently spends the off-season training because, I mean, got to get back in that basketball shape. Space uh, Jam. And Space Jam comes out. Greatest sports movie um, out there, probably. Um, Jordan bullies. He is a bully. Is he a bully? <laughs> I mean, I read yeah. about the Kerr fight uh, where your parent punched him in the face. Yeah, uh, no, he's definitely a bully. Now. That's not a question. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan's out of the league. I feel like if that happens now. Um, that's in, and then episode seven ends. Uh, what oh, is wait. this about Gary? What I have something about Gary Payton. I wish Colin would have been on for ten more seconds. Here's the thing. Wait, he leave? Yeah, yeah he, he had to go. What? Yeah, I know, right? So the <laughs> here's the thing with Gary Payton. Can Michael Jordan not give anyone else any credit? at all because he they hand him the ipad gary payton say that he wanted to guard michael jordan but george carl and his infinite wisdom didn't want him guarding michael jordan because he wanted him offensively and uh after three games of losing he finally decides to put gary payton on him and the series ended up going to six, which, you know, if Gary Payton starts out 
on Michael Jordan, maybe things turn out a little differently. But let me give you the numbers of Jordan in the first three games when he's not being guarded by Gary Payton and his last three games when he is. In the first three games, Jordan has 31 points per game, five assists per game. He's shooting 46% and 50% from three. Um, And then he's got the last three games, he's got 23.7 points a game, which is just over seven less. He's got 3.3 assists, which is almost two less. He's he's shooting 36.7%, which is just over 9% less. And he's shooting 11.1% from three, which is 40% less. So, and Jordan watches this video of uh, Gary Payton saying that um, once he was guarding him, he was wearing him down and causing him problems. And he comes away and says, I had no problem with Gary Payton. Well, clearly the numbers say different. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. Can we just can he just give credit to someone that there were other good players in the league at that time that he was somewhat human? This is gonna be a problem. You're gonna have to take up with Jordan, Bo, because Yeah, I don't think you learned anything from his documentary, Bo. Oh yeah. my word. You gotta take up with Jordan. You gotta take up all your problems, well. He might punch you, but yeah, like he did the weakest guy on the court and Steve Kerr. I won't take any uh, Kerr slander on this podcast. He was the smallest guy on the court. It's a fact. <laughs> it's how you said it, Bo. <laughs> Matt Ellis would not be pleased with your slander. Oh, Matt Ellis is on part two of this podcast. <laughs> Oh, seriously? Yes, yeah. he is. You didn't have me on with Matt Elmore. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, you can come back. <laughs> yeah. Huh? You can come back. Saturday at oh, 6. <laughs> Saturday at 6? Yeah. Him and Austin Newell. Oh, yeah, that's a good group. <laughs> that's a really good group. I'm really getting thrown into the fire here because every single person we're having on besides me is a Jordan loyalist. Hey, well, pick your friends better, Bo. I would love to. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Me. All right, moving on. Um, I've got the recordings that Casey might be more on my side than he. Yeah, that's true. Um, We'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, Steve Kerr's backstory. Um, his father oh was assassinated. Gosh. Oh my gosh. This would might have been my favorite part of the documentary was learning about Steve Kerr. His assassination? No, not I just learning about me. Steve Kerr was phenomenal. It was so interesting. Yeah, that what was that episode nine? Yeah, that was probably my favorite episode, to be honest. That was wow. Um like there are a lot of parts to this um series that really gotcha will stay with me for a while like i will not forget watching this the first time like you know there's movies where you're just like man if i could go back in time and watch that or like you know when you watch the office for the first time and you're just like oh my gosh this is awesome like yeah scotty lerman yeah like that's how i feel about this 
series where it's just like, dude, there's some things like I wish I could go back and watch for the first time again. Um, the Steve Kerr stuff is one of those things for sure. Um, I had that, yeah, that it just was really powerful and just how they told it and how they, um, in a, in a way, like that's how they, uh, connected like, you know, MJ and Kerr, even though I just like how they did that. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, oh, wow, so we're on episode nine already. Wow, we're yeah, 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 we're working we're, we're through getting it. I've got a bedtime, guys. Come on. All okay. right. Uh, the Indiana series, um, I'm assuming this was in the playoffs. Uh, Reggie yeah. Miller made the mistake of saying, this is it. You're going to retire, Michael. I don't think he does. He retire. didn't say that. He said that in the documentary that – that was his feeling going into the playoffs, but he didn't vocalize it at the time to yeah, make Jordan smart. mad. Uh, I love Reggie. Probably smart. Michael's better. Uh, the flu game happens. He apparently had some food poisoning. Uh, he might have self-inflicted that one. Uh, MJ spat on a pizza. Apparently he did this a lot. Uh, everybody, I'm assuming everybody is the team. They ate dinner without him and didn't wait. I'm feeling like that's pretty petty. Um, a lot of people don't eat, wait on me to eat, so it's not a big deal. Um, they were staying on the outskirts of Salt Lake City. There is no room service in the hotel. Um, MJ said nobody else gets this pizza. This is my pizza. So he spat on it. That just doesn't – like. That's I what a three-year-old does. <laughs> like, I don't even want to eat my own pizza if I were to accidentally spit on it. That doesn't sound like that. <laughs> Um, the last dance director believed that the pizza wasn't spiked. Um, that'd be interesting if it did. No, so that's the documentary definitely has the narrative that 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 this pizza was tampered with, and that's what caused Michael Jordan to be sick, which would um, which is why in our notes I put quotes around flu game because you can't call it a flu game and then claim you had food poisoning. Like, it's not the same thing. However, yeah, but Bo, they're not going to go back after 20 years and change it. I want them to. We're going to get this right. But, however, the, the driver from that night, the guy who made the pizza, has come forward and had an interview with Colin Cowherd and said that he was a Bulls fan in Utah – and that he had jokingly said to the rest of the staff that he was going to make the pizza specifically so that it would not be tampered with because everyone else in the building was jazz fans. And sure. they, it was delivered with another driver because he was, it was his first, one of his first deliveries or something, which in the documentary, they said there were five guys there to deliver the pizza, which five guys makes burgers and fries. So that doesn't make sense anyway. Yeah, which is another thing. How do you know this pizza is for Michael Jordan? Um, does he use – does Michael Jordan use his name when he orders a pizza? Because that's dumb. And then – They probably uh, know the voice. That's true. No. Got a voice no. order. If you're – no. Text 
This is uh, not Michael Jordan. This <laughs> is Mike. Well, so this is basically, and the last dance director also said he does not believe that the pizza was spiked. So I'm confused as to what happened. And they got sick. Uh, he played basketball. Guess but we don't know why. We don't know why. I mean, if this documentary, like, I don't know if you'll ever know 100% how it got that way. Yep. I just, if this didn't reveal anything other than, oh, it wasn't the flu. Uh, Either way, he wasn't feeling good. I just good don't claim credit for something that wasn't real. I wouldn't want to run around for three hours if I didn't feel good. Huh, no. That'd be the worst thing in the world for me. I wouldn't want to run around for 10 minutes. I'm just saying call it like it is. All right, call it like it is. Game three, Utah, he dropped 54 points. No, no. Game three in Utah, Utah scored 54 points. Oh, God. Oh. (laughs) My bad. And lost by like 50. No, that was in Chicago, I think. Oh, yeah, whatever. Utah scored 54 points. It don't matter where it was. It's 54. The league Uh, was better back then, my butt. (laughs) Um, Carl Malone was on the Bulls bus. I don't know why he was. To shake Jordan's hand and congratulate him. Because that's how you do it. Yeah. That is not how you do it. That's an invasion of privacy. He's on the bus. <laughs> off the bus. Uh, Dennis Rodman continues to be Dennis Rodman. He skipped practice uh, during the finals to go to a Red Bull event. Oh, that was. Uh, He's hey, fine. Dodge the media hey. by sprinting out of the arena. Okay. First of all, Dennis Rodman is a businessman. The fine was like. I don't know, 5,000, 50,000. He made like five times that to be on this wrestling thing. So, costs and uh, income. But uh, the scene <laughs> where Dennis Rodman pays his fine and then doesn't want to talk to the media, so they take him out a back way and the media finds out and they chase him out of the stadium is something I have never seen oh. before. In sports. <laughs> That's awesome. That is the scene I want to go back and watch for the first time again. <laughs> oh, I'm with you, man. That was yikes. That was so watching funny. Rodman watching Rodman sprint up the stairs and watching these cameramen try and sprint <laughs> up the stairs was maybe the most entertaining two minutes of the documentary. Oh, easily. Yeah, oh, easily. It definitely was. Um, just uh, insert Rodman's story here and just react. Like, I think the awesome. real winner of the documentary, Dennis Rodman. Can we talk about, just briefly, him explaining the art of the rebound? I know he talked about this a little oh, bit in, dude. like, other it documentaries. Was... But that was, like incredible to show that Dennis Rodman is not just a crazy person, but actually had skill when it came to playing his role. Yep. 
ah, I want to go out there and get my nose broke. I want to go out there and get cut. I want to do something that will bring out the hurt, bring out the pain. I want to feel that. Okay, that was that leans more towards the crazy person. <laughs> yeah. I felt crazy just saying that. <sighs> All right. Gotta love, gotta love Dennis Rodman. Uh, apparently, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio was on NAIA Dennis Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Leo was there to congratulate Jordan after winning the finals. Oh, how nice of him. That's sportsmanship right there. Sportsmanship. (laughs) I have to get lessons on this to Boo. Oh, my word. Phil Jackson's ritual, right? And Jordan. Mm. Write and burn. Jordan writes a poem. Sounds like fun. Uh, Jordan had a lot of cigars on this. Uh, Nick, we talked about this a little bit earlier. How many cigars do you think were smoked on this show? What you, oh, how many cigars were heard in the filming of this documentary? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably, oh, geez. It might be worth a watch just to have fun with it. I'd say I probably saw at least 50. Jordan, Jordan alone, how many? Oh, just, just Jordan? Just Jordan? No, just, just, no, two questions here. The first one you answered. Second question, how many did Jordan have by himself? Yeah, I'd say half that. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> that is what he said. I think he's good for at least 25 of those. And and can I mention this to Scotty, but can we talk about I think the last one they showed in episode ten counts as two. <laughs> can we talk yeah. about how long that cigar was? <laughs> it looked like he had a foot long hot dog coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Scotty oh, even said. He's like, it almost looked normal, but then you remember how big Jordan is, and all of a sudden, it looks it's- massive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we talked about the So I'm assuming after uh, the flu game season or whatever, uh, the, owner- the ownership got cheap. Phil Jackson left. Jordan retired again. Uh, Pippen got traded. Dennis uh, was released. Kerr was traded. And the Bulls started to rebuild that they're still trying to do. Everything except still trying to do, which I thought was going to be included, was the end of the documentary. It flashed across the screen in text. Phil Jackson left. Jordan retired. Everything you just said, except still trying to rebuild, but I was sure that was coming until it didn't. I thought you were telling me they aren't trying to still rebuild, and I was like, Bo, have you looked at them? No, lately? no. <laughs> that, that was, I think that was the unwritten intention of those statements at the end of the documentary was to point out that they were such in a hurry to rebuild, and there's now been 22 years, and they are still at the bottom. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that, too, where it's just like, and they still are. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy how the most one of the most successful runs in sports history, and they just haven't figured it out again. 
whereas you've seen the Lakers, um, the Celtics a little bit, and um, <clears throat> the Spurs just have – I mean, Spurs <laughs> went like seven years in between finals wins. And, yeah. Uh, they just keep on finding ways to do it. And the Bulls, I mean, I'll be honest, they just got super unlucky with Derek. Oh, yeah. Had yeah. Derek, like this, I think they, had Derek been healthy as well as the rest of that team, they probably win, I don't know, at least one. I don't know. Have to get through that's, the LeBron. They didn't that's how there. they well, would get I there. Early. That, but I'm speaking as someone who actually watches basketball. Oh uh, my goodness! And I think we have been reduced to insults. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that was the end of the uh, last dance series. Um, so my final question is: you know, after watching this entire thing. Um, mm. Watching the entire last dance, you know, seeing Jordan actually play because, you know, we were all – I mean, I wasn't even old enough to see him play. Uh, I still haven't watched any of it, so I will hold my answer for later. Uh, but who is the GOAT? Who's the best player uh, to play the game right now? Bo. Right oh, now? Well, we are we are going – Who's the GOAT? We are going so, to be first. One word answer. Nick wants to start. I'll let him start because he's wrong. Yeah. You're going to be shocked by this because, Bo, you and I have talked about this before. But I got to grab my phone charger. Hold on. Oh, oh, he's still making me wait. <laughs> this guy. What teases it midway through the show and then he teases it again. It's not my first rodeo on a podcast, man. What can I say? So. The day after the last dance, I was really thinking about it because um, as I've progressed in my old age, um, I've become wiser. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. But yeah, for real though. But like I went on Twitter and Facebook and there was just a lot of bickering back and forth. And there always has been. There always like, will be. I mean, it's what? <laughs> well, and just about like the goat and stuff, and I was just getting sick of it. And I was like, I finally came to the decision I'm going to change my mind about how I view the goat. I'm not going to be because for a while, like I grew up, you know, watching Jordan. Like I spent a lot of my childhood in Chicago. Um, my grandparents owned a, their own business. And they did a lot of traveling to Chicago, so I grew up during that time, right? And, uh, okay. Um, And so I changed my view on the GOAT about a week ago. And I tweeted out, if you think MJ is the GOAT, like I do, awesome. If you think Magic Johnson is the GOAT, awesome. If you think LeBron's the GOAT, awesome. If you think Will, Kareem, um oscar robertson do you think those guys will go awesome happy for you i'm not i can see i can see about 10 players that could be argued okay i could 
like looking at just how many conversations I've had, not only in college, but even before that, I can see eight to 10 players as a go. I, I can see <clears throat> like, I think with how you formulate like a top eight, top 10 players list, I think when you do that, those top eight could be, you could, I, you could put them number one and I'd be like, okay, cool. I mean, I can see it. Cause when you look at top eight, it's like ESPN put out an interesting list. I, did you guys, we could watch, we yes. could talk about that. It's an we could talk about that too, if you want. It's ESPN, um, interesting to say the least. <laughs> so we could talk about that too, if you want. Um, but like, Kobe, think Kobe's a go. I can see it. Yep, you can no. definitely see that. I'm no, sorry, no. that's the that's the one I'm not gonna allow. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't you can't have diet MJ. Let me finish. <laughs> His time, not yours. I'm Sit sorry. Down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. He, he brought up Kobe. Back after he, brought, break. he brought up Kobe. Oh, I muted him. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> Like, if you think LeBron's the GOAT, can definitely see it. Longevity um, and just durability, never seen really anything like it. You've never seen somebody just all-around game. You talk about his defense. Um, versatility on defense doesn't mean you're actually a great defender. I will say that, but he did have a couple years as a defender that were – um, great, but obviously that's gone by the wayside. Um, I think uh, Michael's the GOAT, but I can see an argument being made for at least eight players, um, just given their the dominance in their own era. I think it's hard in basketball. Um, and it's crazy because I went into this, the last dance thinking, that yeah, this is going to like, validate it right like i've always believed uh, michael's the goat and i think this is just gonna add more to that like more fuel to it and in a way it did and also in a way it kind of gave me an appreciation for um the players that kind of came before that right and this isn't probably like a polarizing and seeing the same podcast this is what i truly believe now for like the last two we're weeks losing listeners you know, every time you know, as seconds go on we lose listeners <laughs> good. um so like i mean if you think even as far as dominance is concerned like a shack or a you know will chamberlain or something like that if you think because like they changed the rules they changed a ton of rules because of will yep I think that's one where it's just like, that's ignorance if you don't think Wilt's even in the conversation. Like, if you don't think Wilt's in that conversation, that is being ignorant to what... A good point. Um, so those are my thoughts. I still think Michael's the GOAT. You're not... I will listen to the argument. I'm not... You're not going to convince me out of that. I think LeBron's done enough to put himself in that conversation and put him number one. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can see it. I disagree, but I'm, 
I'm not going to be like, oh, you're stupid. You don't know basketball. Like the majority of this world is like, hold on, hold on. You just said I didn't watch basketball. (laughs) He's talking about you, not other people though. Okay. Other people make a point. He'll agree with them, but you, you know. So those are my thoughts. I uh, still think Michael's the goat, but I think it's a little off to say it's a two-person race. Race. I think that's wrong. Um, but those are my thoughts. I mean, tell me what you think. But I thought, yeah, I think Bo. Before I started, was like, oh, he's gonna say he's the goat, and. I don't know. You tell me, Coy, or not Coy, uh, Bo, what are your thoughts on so, that? Before you so, go, Bo, before you uh, go, um, yeah, I'm going to hold John later a second. Uh, Colin uh, texted me, even though he bounced, uh, and said, Jordan is the goat. Um, so we gave his opinion. He says he's the goat. Now you can go, Bo. So <laughs> Colin's, not, Colin's not here to elaborate on that, so his uh, – Arguments invalid. So <laughs> he'll come back and all. He's watching talk. Breaking Bad. That's why he left. Like, how much you want to? I'm, I'm about to get another text from him saying, "Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Walt did that." Like, <laughs> I wish I could send you screenshots of like everything I've heard. <laughs> it's just a blast. It's it's like, did you guys watch Breaking Bad when it was coming uh, on? I have not watched any Breaking Bad. Let me tell you, Breaking Bad Twitter was just amazing. Like, this (laughs) this is what it feels like right now. Anyway, go ahead, Bo. So, I'm not quite as old as Nick Foster. Um, So, haven't aged into that wisdom quite yet. Uh, You will, man. You will. He's not that old. I am uh, not. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) I am not going to say I'm surprised because I did see that tweet um that nick sent out um i I think he's wrong but i did see that tweet with that sentiment um here's the thing you're right it's not a two-person race it's a one-person race because lebron has already established that he is because listen six for six whatever championships it's a team sport the only the only way that a trophy would be considered the end-all, be-all in an argument is in a sport such as swimming, where it's inarguable that Michael, there's, there's anyone better than Michael Phelps because if you, it's an individual sport, and if you win that much in an individual sport, it automatically makes you the best. By in the way, team, we should have a podcast just on 2008 Beijing. Oh, my gosh. I lived through that. I would be I all – Dude, I'd be all over that. Just like, man, watching that as like, well, how old was I when that was on? Um, I was like 12. 15. I was 15. <laughs> and I was just like, the whole time, like even in that really close race, that relay, I was just like, nah, mm-hmm. he's going to get his eight. Like, I just, yeah. I know it. You're like, you're yeah. not going to deny Michael. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be such a good podcast. You're welcome for that idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, going back to uh, what I was saying about LeBron, there are so many factors in team sports as to how you win Super Bowls. Is Jordan the most decorated? It's the same thing with Tom Brady. Are you the most decorated? Yes. No one can argue that. 
But there's a such a thing as the eye test. There's a such a thing as other statistics. There's a such a thing as individual accomplishments. There's a such a thing as a lot of other, these factors that go into what would make the best player ever. And the fact is, is that no one has, okay, you mentioned Will. And respect to Will. It was, you you could legitimately say back then it was a two-person race because it was Russell and Will. Like, and they were dominating and the league wasn't as expanded and the talent wasn't as great. Um, you bring up Magic. Magic's great. I think I have him at like three or four. Um, and like to point out here that after Jordan's first three P it was widely considered that he was the best ever, but he had not won five titles like magic had or bird. Like it, I don't know. Besides the point. So (laughs) watching this documentary, first of all, I'd grown up, you know, with the Jordan people saying, well, Jordan never allowed a game seven. Well, let's start off by clarifying that early in Jordan's career, they only played five game series. So yeah, I'd admit it'd be pretty hard to force a game seven against MJ if you're only playing five game series, which he did allow game fives. Uh, He did allow game sevens, just not in the finals because the teams in the finals weren't as good as the teams that he faced in the East at that time. Um, The the fact that LeBron is three and six has a lot of factors. He'd easily be four and five if one of his teammates would have been healthy the first year against the Warriors. And he'd easily um, had more wins if he didn't have to go to the finals every year and then face one of the greatest teams ever constructed in the Warriors dynasty with Kevin Durant, who decided to jump ship after taking the exact opposite of the Jordan approach, shall I say. (laughs) Uh, after blowing a 3-1 lead to the Warriors and then just deciding <laughs> to go play with them. Um, so You could do a podcast on just that day. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. dude, so that was the day right after Pokemon Go came out. <laughs> I will never forget. Okay, that's days. not where I was starting with that. <laughs> no, I know. It's just, like, those it's two okay, days were just but... insane. Because I remember going outside – playing Pokemon Go that night when it came out and then you wake up the next day and it's just like, oh my gosh, the NBA is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, and the fact, the first finals that LeBron went to, um, that team, it was similar to the last finals LeBron went to where the team around LeBron, that team should have never <laughs> sniffed the finals. But because LeBron was there, they make it. They, they, they sniffed it. And they go up against, in that first finals, the Spurs dynasty. I mean, he's the talent LeBron has faced in the finals alone is better than anything Jordan had to face in the three-peats. Once, once, you know, Magic had retired and gotten old and Bird had retired and gotten old and – the Pistons had gotten old. After after all those teams had kind of moved on, then Jordan was able to start winning. Um, 
I just think, you know, and the sentiment that Jordan would come into today's league and average 45 points a game that's being argued by some, such as Mike Greenberg and Jalen Rose, is absolutely ludicrous. Because, you know, you know what? Jordan might come in and he might do a James Harden and average, you know, 37 a game or whatever. He's not going to win. And then you, what would you think of him? Probably just say, oh, look at – I mean, if you're talking about Jordan, you're going to say, oh, look at what a great score he is. It's going to be nothing like you discussed about James Harden. Um, so I just think the fact that LeBron is going to finish his career. Now, you mentioned the defense. The defense has tailed off in the last few years. Yes, he's also playing in years 15, 16, 17, specifically in year 15, relied on for so much because the team around him was absolute garbage. Um you know, Jordan only played 15 years, and I think it was very kind of the documentary to not include the Wizards years um, for Jordan. Obviously, I think I take the I mean, docu- that's not what it was about, but okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I've the, seen your I've seen that argument all over the place, and uh, I just no, I, I, I don't compl- know why you would include it. I, I know why people want it in there because they want it to be human, but it's just like it's about I, the Bulls. No, I get that. I'm just talking about how at the end of it, it just says Jordan retired. It doesn't mention that he also came back. Um, Anyway. You're grasping. Anyway, I I take the documentary with a grain of salt. Obviously, I mentioned before, it's done by Jordan's people. Jordan signed off on everything. And when Jordan... And when did Jordan sign off on everything in 2016 after LeBron won the championship with the Cavs so that Jordan can add this extra protective layer and put the nostalgia, which is one heck of a drug, um, mm. back into people's minds. And the, I mean, the myth, I think LeBron isn't just fighting what Jordan did. He's going up against Jordan and the mythology and the branding and the nostalgia and whatever else comes with Jordan. There's been so much built up around Jordan that it's going to be near impossible to ever admit for some of the people that anyone will ever be better than what they saw with Michael Jordan. And after watching the documentary, I've got the receipts. Jordan did pass to other players who took the last shot and bailed him out in finals, such as Steve Kerr and John Paxson multiple times and Luke Longley and whatnot. Um, Jordan did make the right basketball play, something that LeBron gets heavily criticized for because Jordan always took the final shot, even though LeBron has the most clutch shots in the playoffs in NBA history and has a better percentage on buzzer beater shots than Jordan. Um, The fact that LeBron will finish with 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists is mind-boggling. Being the the all-time leading scorer, uh, as a player whose primary purpose is or focus is not scoring uh, is kind of insane. Um, and I just think there are the physical abilities. I mean, every generation before wants to argue that their generation was better. Cause if you look back, you know, Will back in the nineties was saying he'd come in and average 70, which obviously is not the case. Um, Not with those big men in there. <laughs> yeah, that'd so, be interesting. There's no way he would score on a uh, Shaq. Uh, Shaq, yeah. 
I, 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 I get what you mean by you can bring up other players in the argument and for the sake of, I mean, obviously, you know, not going to change your mind. You're not going to change mind. Everyone's just going to talk in circles because everyone thinks what they think. Um, sure. But I just think it's so – for the people that uh, – here's the thing. LeBron people – like, I still have Jordan at number two. There's no shame in Jordan being number two. And – the Jordan people are like, yeah, maybe LeBron will be top 10 one day. Maybe he'll be top five. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Jordan. We just – I don't know. There's just a lot of back and forth. Also, the whole, like, LeBron just cries to the refs and whatnot. I have, you know, seen in the documentary where Jordan argued with the refs because some, there's something crazy about how every basketball player argues with refs. I don't know if you've noticed that. But it's I mean, just I've never argued weird. with a ref, so I can't tell you. Well, you've never been in the NBA. I um, have argued with a intermediate uh, <laughs> ref before. See, everyone does it. Even um, wise old Nick Foster does it. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and the flopping, I don't think. Okay, here's the other thing: the flopping. I think LeBron, I think there are two reasons for the flopping. One, it's an adjustment to what happens in today's game. Because if you're going to get the call, Jordan would have flopped if he was going to get the call. Let's be plain and simple here. Uh, The other fact is that LeBron, maybe not so much now when you got guys like Zion and Giannis coming into the league, but in Mm. 2003, in 2000, uh, I think LeBron went – through a period in his career where he's just bigger and stronger than everybody and he's getting hit like everyone else. It just doesn't look as bad. And that he has to, he found a way that he decided that he needs to enhance it. So he would get some calls um, because of the fact that it just looked different. Like, like Steph Curry gets a ton of calls and half the time it's not even that bad. He's just that much smaller than everybody else on the floor. Sure. Sure. Um, so that's kind of, I think a lot of the criticisms of LeBron I saw in this documentary, I saw a lot of criticisms of LeBron are not same criticisms that we hold. Like there's a different standard that LeBron is held to. It's either, it's either, the standard that LeBron is held to, Jordan isn't held to that same standard or the standard that um, we hold Jordan to, LeBron isn't held to that same standard. It's one or the other. Because there are a lot of criticisms that LeBron receives that I think could easily be transferred over to Jordan. We've just already decided that Jordan was better. So Bo is on LeBron's side. <laughs> on Jordan's side, Collins on Jordan's side. So, Bo, just want to confirm you're on LeBron's side. <laughs> <laughs> confirming this here. Um, that was funny. I think the longer that LeBron plays in the league and the longer he stays, like, he may not be the number one player right now. If he, Maybe he stays top five. He's top five. I'm not going to say he's the best. I'm not going to say he's outside of the top five, though. Um but if he continues to do this for – I don't even know how many more years he wants to play or however long he will play, 
the more I feel confident in saying he is the best player to play this game, I'm not going to ever call him the GOAT because to me, oh, Jordan is the GOAT because Jordan has – Jordan made the NBA the NBA, like the big, huge thing. Like NBA was big before LeBron came in. Um and so he changed the persona of the NBA. I'm not gonna let you talk, bro. I'm gonna keep I know, going. I know. I'm holding. Yeah, back you talk so for twenty minutes. It's Good. Casey's turn. <laughs> so LeBron has. I'm not gonna say LeBron hasn't changed the game either. He definitely has changed the game. He's changed the way that everybody looks at the game. Everybody treats their body towards the game. And so I'm gonna say LeBron is the best player to play this game ever. Jordan's the goat because he changed the game in ways that I don't think anyone has ever changed the game. And then Will is, I, in my opinion, is number three because they changed the rules to stop him from dominating the game. So those are my like that's my one, two, three. Um, but the longer it happens, the more likely I will get towards saying he's the goat. But I don't think I ever do it because I like spiting Bo, and it's a lot of fun because he really likes to throw out these stats that I really don't know, and I don't. I mean, they're just gonna they go through one ear and out the other because. <laughs> happens uh i don't need that stats in my head um i'm just gonna try and keep rambling uh, on stuff i just have one thing <laughs> i just have one thing a 2009 interview with mj he said he doesn't want to be called the goat because he never played against every player out of respect i'm just trying to honor his wishes here okay well don't call lebron the goat then yep lebron hasn't said it lebron hasn't said that yeah but you're saying it <laughs> no, LeBron hasn't said that he doesn't want to be called the GOAT. I'm saying MJ has said that he doesn't want to be called the GOAT. That's all I'm trying to help him out here with. I also want to say this. LeBron, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Boss, lost to Dirk. That is the one blemish. That, that, is the one, that is the one blemish. There you go. Everyone like, can acknowledge. on that team other than Dirk. So that is I will say, um, so before the last dance, I was, uh, so I have YouTube TV. And so I, uh, record everything ever since all this happened with COVID. I, uh, Records everything. Huh? <laughs> record, record everything. You got time. Yeah. So I, uh, put recordings on NBA TV for like the classic games, classic series, stuff like that. And I went, oops, hold on. Um, and watched the Cleveland and um, San Antonio series. LeBron did not play well. He was 22 years old, and he was the only player on that team. He wasn't even the leading scorer in game one. Probably because the Spurs locked in on him when he's the only thing oh, you got no. to be concerned LeBron about. LeBron just did not look like he cared. Oh, I watched that game wait, twice. You cared? <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched it twice, though, because I was like, oh, wow, I cannot believe what I'm watching. And so I watched it again. I watched game two and three again. I didn't watch twice. game four again. But um, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I bet, of this caliber. I, I bet if you go back, you'd say the same thing about Jordan, except it was in the first round instead of the finals. I don't know. They aren't playing those games, well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My points are better than yours. 
Take that. All, I'm, all I'm saying is, yeah, when when you get Phil Jackson, best coach of all time, and you get Scottie Pippen, who might have been the second best player in the league to you, and then you add Horace Grant, and later you add Dennis Rodman. Oh, another thing. I know back in that day, no players would ever team up with each other at all, which is exactly why Ron Harper started on a different team and then came to the Bulls, and Dennis Rodman started on another team and then came to the Bulls. Um, anyway, I, I mean, that's – all of this is just besides the point. It's just extra stuff. Um, that was a smart decision on LeBron's part. But, uh, I mean, anyway. I will say after Kevin Love joined the Cavs, he, uh, his career was kind of ruined from my point of view. But, so uh, was Chris Bosh uh, when he joined, Chris Bosh Chris when he joined Bosch. the Heat. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, well, he you know, from my perspective, he kind of ruined some careers of his friends. I mean – yeah, I mean what? I mean he didn't punch him in the face though. <laughs> okay, so that's how you're gonna fight that. All right, cool. That's cool. fair. That's cool. fair. Good point. Oh, and everybody wouldn't have been. Everyone was just going after each other. Nobody was buddy buddy back then. Not like like Jordan or Magic or Bird or anything. I just there's so many there's so many discrepancies where we say this is better than the other and then you like watch back and you're like oh actually like Jordan played golf with Danny Ainge the night before that he played his team like which is amazing like how they had because so the vibe I got from some of those moments was like it looks like they have like two to three days in between these finals games and in between these playoff games mm-hmm. and just doesn't feel like it's that much of a break today. No, I mean, they only have, they play on Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Right. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. And like, they can, uh, it, it was, it's just crazy how different the game was like the pace. First of all, is I think the most obvious thing. I think that's mm-hmm. honestly just the, with the offensive minded, game today and how it's just little to no emphasis on defense unless you play for who the Utah Jazz and what was formerly the Memphis Grizzlies and the Spurs. Uh, Spurs, yeah, too. Yeah. And um I mean I I don't know who else you would put in that, but uh I think that's where some of the ammo for like I don't I I don't think anybody could average fifty. Like it's just Taxi on the body, I just don't think he can win that way. I do think he could average. I mean, hold on. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm let's typing, put it this way. Let's, hold on, let's I'm put, typing something. One second. Let's put it this way. If you average 45 or 50 or whatever, Kevin Durant, who is basically an unstoppable, one of the greatest scores we've ever seen, currently averages like 32. So you're saying he would average like – 50% more than what Kevin Durant is currently averaging. I mean, if Durant could do it, why hasn't he done it? I'm saying one of the is best scorers we've ever seen. Uh, Jordan isn't that much better of a scorer than Kevin Durant. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'd say he's a better scorer, but the gap isn't – 50% better. <laughs> it's not, like, not close. I mean, Jordan averaged 
is averaging about three more points a game than Kevin Durant in so, his career. Which is I fine. Think, I think – because I've watched some of the – I'm not all of them, but I have a life. But um, I've watched, like, some of the videos on Twitter, just, like, quick briefings and – stuff from like Jay Williams, Jalen Rose, which I just think is hilarious. He's talking about scoring because he allowed the uh, 81 points. And, uh, and I just want to say a quick thing that the, the, the commercial with Kobe and Jalen about the 81, that's, that's gotta be my favorite commercial ESPN has ever put out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, anyway, um, who else has said it? Um, What's another – there's been – I've only watched three people, and they've said it, but I don't said think what? they uh, – about the 50 points a game. Mike Greenberg. Oh, Greenberg. Yeah, that sounds like Greenberg. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I don't think he could average 50. I think with how fundamentally sound offensively in the footwork and just – the work ethic from Jordan, I think you could definitely see him around 40, 41, 42. I think you could definitely see that in today's game with just the emphasis on offense. And if he could take a step back on defense, heck yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, the dude, he averaged what? Hold on a second. He averaged, uh, um, hold on. Gotta tell you, so I'm done working, so I'm just playing around on basketball reference now. Um, by the way, that's like the greatest website ever created. Like the, those <laughs> reference websites. That's like a sports nerd's dream. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I mean, the man averaged 37. In what in year? 1987. Exactly. 35 the next year. Exactly. 32 and a half, 33.6, 31.5, 30, 32.6. There you go. And then. Thank you. My point. 30.4, 29.6, And a NBA where the pace, okay, the pace seems like it's in the ice age at times. (laughs) Like when. Let's. Like I knew, I knew some of these final scores just like growing up and stuff like that. I knew some of them were just asinine, right? And then you watch like the '04 Pistons, right? Do what they, which is my favorite team ever, because that's the team that was like, because I grew up in Michigan. That's like the my favorite team, and it's just like I can't believe I'm seeing eighty point games from both teams on my TV mm-hmm. screen, yeah. and. uh I don't know. It's uh, and the fact he was able to do this in that period of the NBA and thirty-seven points a game. I would it be a winning way to score for forty-two points? Heck no! Like we're seeing that now with yeah, the Houston no, Rockets exactly. are not going to win. The Houston Rockets are not going to win. No, the finals. I have no confidence in that at all. Like, if you built the perfect team around somebody, yeah. Maybe it depends on who that person who's scoring 42. James Harden is not that person to score 42 and go – and with the perfect team around him, no. Not even – no. Like, I think 
I just don't think it'd be a winning way, but could I see it? Yeah. Would I be shocked? No. Absolutely not. The greatest score points for game-wise of all time to go yeah. a 40-point game season? Yeah, I could definitely say it. 50 is just – I what, no. Will average 50 and 25 one year or for a couple years in a row? Yeah. It was also a time where Wilt was just bigger than everybody and you just threw it into the <laughs> exactly. down low and he just dumped it or laid it up. Like, um, no, I think it's, I think it's conceivable for MJ. Yeah, sure. He could do 38, whatever. I mean, he did it back then. However, like he said, he's not going to win. And when did he start winning? When he started averaging more around 30. I mean, it's just. Sure. That's, but the man was leveraging. 30, which you watch games back then, it's just like, as working. Like, and oh, so one thing I wanted to touch on um, a second. Real quick, before we touch this, I've got two points I don't want to lose, and that's that Jordan played in an expansion era, so competition was less during that run, and he played when they had a shortened three-point line for a few years, which helped improve those percentages. Well, let's just imagine him actually putting an emphasis on shooting the three ball. Well, I, I think he might have tried it. Back That's then. crazy. Um, but anyway, hold on. Um, so one thing I want to debunk here, one thing that's really frustrated me is the argument that <clears throat> as soon as Pippen came in, it was just – it was happening, Right. Which all we I'm all saying know, is it wasn't happening before. <laughs> which is totally not the case, okay? Scottie Pippen averaged seven – so eight points a game rookie year. 14 his um, second year, 16 and a half, 90. And what, his first championship was 91. I believe, right? 91, mm-hmm. 92, 93. Yep. And where he averaged 17. I am watching the documentary and looking at – actually looking up stats while I was watching, I was just like, I think that's a little much to help. Yes, but it wasn't like a magical, like, snap like I've been told for years. It well, certainly would have helped LeBron to have a teammate like that. Well, once he moved to Miami – and invite some friends to Cleveland. He actually started winning. So yeah, what's your argument? I'm I'm saying in the first seven years of his oh, career, cool. when there's no one else on the team, his record in the playoffs when he has a teammate outside of I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say outside of the Warriors because there was no chance. But. Uh, his record in the playoffs when he has a teammate who scores at least 20 is like near undefeated. Like if he just has a little help from an average player, it's a whole different game. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the biggest like disservices I've ever seen in sports is from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you. Um, like there's a lot, like you could, you could just go throughout sports history and be like, man, like what a disservice. Um, 
was done here. But the, greatest, think- the greatest thing the Cleveland Cavaliers ever did was being geographically close to the hometown of LeBron James. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. I actually drove through Akron the other day, so or actually yesterday. So hey, just a guy driving through Akron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what was another thing? Um, I. I um <clears throat> I don't there's I think one thing we can both agree on. I mean, I know Kobe, I mean, when you're comparing the two, I don't think you can and this is something Colin and I agree on too and if he was on here, he would say it because we've talked about it too. Um like if you're comparing players, I think it's a disservice to compare the two. Um where LeBron, you could, I think it's more appropriate to compare to Magic. Um, oh, for sure. Like, I, th- I think Michael, Ma- Michael and Kobe is a much easier comparison. Sure. And, um, man, it feels like all the top tens I see are just big men plus a few. <laughs> and so, and in uh, some cases, big men, it's just like, congratulations, you won the genetic lottery. Yeah, 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 you won the genetic <laughs> lottery. But like, hey, Shaq, Shaq. Shaq's an exception. Shaq's, Kareem, Shaq's Kareem you got to give credit to. I'm sorry, you're built like a semi. <laughs> you're built, you're called line. diesel because you're literally built like a semi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, Colin and I were roommates in college, so we've talked about this a hundred times, and <laughs> it's something I think he and I agree on sports, and um, a lot of people agree on really anything else in <laughs> life right now. But uh, um, <laughs> like, if I were a top ten, like I would definitely do. And again, for me, um, MJ first. LeBron second, Magic third, which honestly is probably the most, it's like the least debated spot for anybody on a top 10 is like Magic's third, right? Yeah, I think most Magic's people have him, most people have him third like or fourth first. depending on how they feel about like Kareem. I'm just like, that's like the safest spot for anybody on the top 100 list. It's like, yep, you put <laughs> Magic third, you probably have one person arguing that. <laughs> and then you got what, Wilt, Kareem, Bill Russell, um, Tim Duncan, Shaq, Kobe. I mean, it's just you could. I feel like you could flip flop four through ten, and I'd be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you could, I think at the end of the day, like if the NBA were to end today, like there's never going to be another NBA game played. You, I'd be pretty happy seeing you know if you put like a one, a one B, if I saw MJ LeBron there, cool. Mm -hmm. I, I've been alive to see all LeBron. One, a one, at least time. You could do one, a one. a. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Are we all happy now? Heck no. I'm happy because it's just like, yeah, I agree with this. Like I totally agree with it, but this is a perfect segue into that top a hundred. If you have a few moments, 
to talk about that. I mean, we've made it this far. <laughs> um, I got I got to pull it back up because it's been a week. So hold on up. We probably better make it quick though, because one time we recorded something and then we weren't able to use it <laughs> because it was too big. Yep. It was about ESPN, right? Yeah. Oh, 74 players. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was right. a weird number, and Giannis at 27 is ludicrous. So, all right, hold on. I got to find – because I texted somebody about my thoughts on it, so let me see if I can find that. Um, so, first thing is just this walking through it. Lillard at 72. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? At that point, <laughs> I don't have time to think back far enough to 72. So at that point, I will accept any answer, except yeah. LeBron. <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely some places in here where it's just like, oh, okay. Giannis at 27 was the biggest standout to me. Oh, yeah. Yep, hold on. I'm working through the list. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yep, I remember this. So, there's this there's this section of the 50s. 56, Ray Allen. 55, Vince Carter. 54 is Paul Pierce. I have a huge problem with that order. Because I is don't think because Paul, Pierce, Paul Pierce is ahead yes. of them? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, Paul Pierce is a joke. <laughs> and I... Gary Payne's after that, which I mean, def- like I am happy with that. Um, Tracy McGrady's fifty-two. If he doesn't get injured, he's probably top twenty-five easy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, Reggie's forty-nine. That's I think that's a pretty good spot. I think I could see him higher, but yeah, I could see him higher. Um, Anthony Davis at forty-five is a crime it's the crime yeah why is that because anthony davis hasn't done anything in this league okay <laughs> that's what i was hoping you'd say i i, I mean and if he does anything now it's with lebron <laughs> russell westbrook 42 also not i mean i struggle with russ I think the whole the triple double the triple double thing is impressive. However, there's also proof that they were trying like teammates have come out and said that they were trying to get him extra rebounds. So they mm. So and he didn't win. <laughs> like, yeah, cool, you averaged a triple double. You still got out in the first round. <laughs> yep. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find the... And not to mention, every player that leaves Russ is all of a sudden better. With the exception of maybe Paul George. Yeah, I mean, we knew that, like, going into 2012, right? Like, uh, I think we kind of saw it writing on the wall for Kevin Durant where she's like dude if he's ever going to do anything he needs to leave now had we known he would have done what he did yeah 
Like, dude, hey, Russ, you are not a great three-point shooter. Stop taking nine a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, Russell, 42. Um, Patrick Ewing, 37. I'm pretty happy with yeah, that. Yeah, that's I think fair. that's a pretty good spot. Um, James Harden, 32. No. I get, I get he's a great scorer, but no. <laughs> now, this is where my biggest problem on the list lies, I think. So, number 30, Steve Nash. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, 30, Steve Nash, 29, Allen Iverson. Stockton, 28. Giannis, 27. Giannis, 27. Wade... <laughs> Wade twenty six, low, Kawhi or Kawhi Stop. Yeah, twenty five, no. David Robinson twenty four, Barkley twenty three, Elgin Baylor twenty two, twenty one Scotty twenties Garnett. I'm really sorry about whoever I'm gonna offend here. Kawhi being twenty five ahead of Wade and no, stop it. Yeah, what are your Kawhi's, thoughts on Iverson being 29? Yeah, that's another one. Kawhi's – I'm sorry. I'm, Kawhi and Giannis are way too – there's too much recency bias in that ranking. Yep. The, they, Kawhi should maybe be low 30s. I'd put him maybe high 40s or low 40s. I don't even know. Like, not – like, I'm not sure I'd name Kawhi a top 50 player at this point you know, all time. Okay. And and Giannis, I definitely wouldn't. I just based on the fact that what he's been dominant for two years, three years, and that, hasn't that won anything. That was my point with those two as well. Where it's just like I think they're so young still. Even though Kawhi's been in the league for what nine years now, Giannis is on six years, seven years. So it's just like, and they're yeah. starting to. And Kawhi to doesn't move. play half the time, and he's twenty nine years old. Um, and he is like, as far as a wing player goes, the defensive player of this era, as far as defense goes, like wing players, yeah. wing players. Um, yeah. obviously you got like Rudy Gobert, like obviously yeah. Anthony Davis, Davis. So Giannis. and now comes the best 10 on the list. Okay. I have yeah. no problem with this at all. So Dirk's 19. Moses Malone's 18, Carl Malone's 17, Jerry West 16, Dr. J 15, uh, Durant 14, Curry 13, 12 Olajuwon, 11 Oscar Shex 10. Um, now, I will say um, – oh, two minutes. Okay. Let's, um, yeah. If you were going to switch anything up, you could put Durant ahead of Curry. I think – Curry, yeah. is I don't know. Curry, he's he has changed. That's how this what I, I. That's what I give Curry credit for is that he's revolutionized the way they think about the three point shot. So I think that's going to give him the edge. But as far as play goes, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, can we talk? 
And while we're on the topic of Curry being the first unanimous MVP over – Oh, my god! In, instead of LeBron when one person decided to vote for Melo because they I, were out of their mind and should have their vote revoked. I, whatever. <laughs> Sidebar, sorry. I'm Keep going. On unanimous votes, though. <laughs> Keep in mind. And then, uh, <laughs> it's a different sport, but I will lose it. So, go back to the top, top five. Cheater. Mm-hmm. Shaq. I mean, this top ten's not bad. Um, no. I mean, uh, Shaq, Kobe, Duncan. This is going ten down. So you got Shaq, Kobe, Duncan, Bird, Chamberlain, Magic, Russell, Kareem, Bron, Michael. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, just flip LeBron and Michael, and it'll be. I, I could see it. <laughs> the, and I think Russell's a little high. Yeah, I was going to say, like, three through ten. I think I love Shaq. Like, I just like the – Yeah, no, I I think – for me personally, I think Shaq's like five or six. Yep, that's usually where I have him as well. I think Bird's at a perfect spot at seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Kobe's – you could do eight or nine. Duncan, you could do eight or nine. So, you guys are reversible, but – I put Duncan ahead of Kobe, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I – yeah, I could definitely – as far as consistency, we've never seen a more uh, – Duncan's 20 and 10, 20 and 15. Yep, you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every night. But, all right, that's uh, like two and a half minutes. So, that was yeah. fun. So, um, yeah. So, we just need to wrap it up because I want to make sure <laughs> – I don't know if this file is going to make it. So, I uh, want to make sure it can have a chance. Um, but this is uh, part one – of the last dance we'll have part two coming uh shortly after and um yeah what's the i'm trying to think sports shenanigans hm on facebook sports shenanigans on twitter we crossed the hundred follower mark casey notified me so we're going let's go so we're growing we're growing and uh Email us at hmsshenanigans at gmail.com. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about the Last Dance documentary. Um, (laughs) And so email us, whatever. If Nick Foster has any more thoughts or Scotty Lerman or Colin Houston, uh, email us and we will bring it up um, in the next uh, episode. And uh, thank you to all of our guests for coming on and discussing the last dance with us and for Nick Foster for being a freaking trooper and not dipping out early. (laughs) Yeah. So I was kind of worried because I've, I've been, I've been suffering from short-term memory loss in a lot of areas in life. And one of them is the stuff I'm watching recently. So when you invited me, I was just like, man, I hope Colin and Scotty are going to be on the whole time so they can kind of carry me. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, but same. <laughs> no, why the heck would they be on for the whole time? <laughs> um, no, but it was it was a blast. We should uh, yep, do it again soon, especially when we know when sports are going to come yeah. back. So it sounds like the NHL has a plan. Sounds like the NBA is getting a plan almost. NBA is close as well. So yeah. um, I think we're almost uh, out of it. Youth sports, youth sports are coming out. Um, and starting again in some states as well. So, hey. hey.
<laughs> it's sports, but for the youth. <laughs> Do it for the kids. Do it for the kids. But, so, all right. Cool. Yep. Thanks, guys. Peace out, yep. everybody. Good night. <laughs>